0: Hello and welcome to the brand new series of the On The Ward podcast. Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the closed doors of Psychiatric Hospital? Well, I'm John Barry Waldron. I'm a senior staff nurse working at St. Andrews. And let me introduce you to some of our patients who are happy to share their mental health journey with you as part of the On The Ward podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the on the ward podcast i've started again outside the hospital you can probably hear a couple of birds chirping i'm about to interview one of the patients so we're on the ward here with one of the patients and very kindly agreed to show me her room and a bit of the the ward
1: the type of ward we're on at the moment is a dual ED and PD ward. There are only less than a handful of them in the UK. Okay,
0: again, you might have to explain. So I'm, I'm not yeah. going to keep asking questions,
1: I'm sorry. So ED being eating disorder yes. and PD being personality disorder. Right. But obviously we're limited down to the very few manageable personality disorders such okay. as EUPD, yeah. which is what the majority of the patients here have. Yes. We have around an uh, estimate between 10 and 12 patients at a time on this ward. It's quite small. Um, although we do all have bathrooms in our bedrooms. Oh. At the moment, we have packed up all of our stuff because we are moving. You, you said the
0: wasn't there, but it is there, look. The
1: internals are gone. Oh. So um, yeah, at the moment, the room is very strict to basic.
0: What do you think about the movie? Are you happy about moving or?
1: Yeah, I'm optimistic because hmm. even though it's a massive change, it will See definitely be for the better. There's only less than a handful of them around. So yeah, I feel very lucky to be here. And that's why I'm really optimistic about the move. Yeah. Because there's just so many benefits that can come from it. It's a bigger ward, much more acclimatised to the type of ward that we are, yeah. and has a lot better facilities than this one. Because at the moment, we're only one floor, one yeah. corridor, very linked together, whereas the other ward is very separated. Right.
0: And I can see you've got lockers
1: here. Yeah, so we all have our individual lockers. This one's mine. Oh,
0: very nice. <laughs> and it's all colour-coded, and you've got lots of stickers. and. Yep. And interesting, I see you've got your phone here as well. Yep. So you guys are allowed your phones on the ward? Yes.
1: It's, I mean, it's quite a outdated thing to not have phones on wards. I, I agree. Prior yeah. to COVID, it was a lot more strict, especially <laughs> on CAMS units and stuff like that. But yeah. it's about least restrictive here. So yeah, yeah. as least restrictive as we can get.
0: Okay. And you but you find it useful to have it? because. You...
1: Yeah, because a lot of us are from two, three hours away from this unit. Cool. Yeah. Family and friends are yeah. very... That you have to have that kind of sporadic contact. You can have visits and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to be able to call. We get a staggered admission here, so once a month maximum. And everyone here, the estimates stay is 12 to 18 months. So yeah. you kind of point, have yeah. to be knit together, because that's the type of ward it is, is to a treatment rather than detention.
0: And you said you might be going for a walk in a minute. Yeah. I'm just trying to have a look, see if there's anybody that maybe might be able to sign us out. You, yeah. So you get unescorted leave, is it? So
1: yeah, so that? here they work on a PBS plan. Okay. so that's basically point behavioral system <laughs> yeah, and um so that's relating to i think we have the level system right. so there's levels one to five six being like completely off section mm-hmm. um and as you go up the different levels you get more leave home visits unescorted leave and awesome. other benefits like more room time because we do not have constant access to our rooms here
0: okay so it's kind of dependent on how you're doing mentally is how up and down the system you go.
1: Exactly, and that is assessed with risk, and individual risk. Right, right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah,
0: that's okay. So we're heading out now for a walk. Yep. So how often do you get out for a walk?
1: So with my leave, I have Uh, a week. I have daily community leave, I have community leave for four hours a week as well. On top of that I've got two unescorted grounds and two gate leaves where you can go to smoke.
0: Oh wow and and so you don't need an escort most of the time?
1: I don't need an escort at all.
0: Wow. And we're back through this airlock there and and now we're out into the fresh air and the nice, kind of cold, but not too bad.
1: One of the selling points for coming to St Andrews for me was the grounds. Right, I mean they are lovely. 154 acres in total. Quite big, yeah. Go on this way.
0: So, I suppose we'll start from the top. So, how have you ended up, I guess, in mental health services really? Yeah,
1: so um, I've been in contact with mental health services since I was nine. Uh, I'm now 19. Right, well, that's a long time. Yeah, it's quite a while. And I have been in and out of inpatient now for two years. This admission so far is a year and three or four months. I was in and out of general hospital throughout 2020. So when we had the first case of COVID, I was in general hospital with an NG tube Um, because I wasn't having my intake. I wasn't having any fluid. It was just a very, very dark time for me.
0: People might not know what NG tube means or what what does it actually
1: entail. So there are kind of different kinds of ways of receiving nutrition if you're not meeting that criteria. And one of the most common ones is an NG tube, which is a tube that goes down your nose into your stomach, right. or as an NJ tube, which goes down into your large intestine. It's usually when you're not having any intake at all, or you're refusing oral nutrition.
0: And, but, so you are saying you were experiencing that, but, but now you've managed to... Yes. And what, what do you think has been the key, or what's, what's changed?
1: So definitely the routine of this place. Right. Um, and... The fact that it's so specified to two of the disorders in which I have, in the ways that they can support me properly, which is a DBT programme.
0: OK, so uh, DBT is the kind of therapy that I have here?
1: Yes, it's dialectical behavioural therapy.
0: Okay. Uh, and that, that helps with kind of the thoughts and the processes, not it?
1: Absolutely, and as well as that, there's so many ways to figure out why you're doing these things okay. and how to not do them, so right. using skills.
0: OK, so what kind of skills?
1: So in DBT, there's certain different categories and certain things that you go through. So there's like interpersonal effectiveness. What's that one that's holding?
0: You have to tell me that one. What does that mean? So interpersonal
1: effectiveness effectiveness is about trying to be as effective as possible and working your way around things. Okay,
0: so kind of... So some skills could
1: be like doing pros and cons. Some of it could just be general effectiveness, um, problem solving.
0: Okay. Stuff like that. So, and how would that help you specifically like... With some of the issues that you have on, on the ward or whatever you're...
1: So, for an example, if the well, ward was in crisis and there were several incidents going on, you, you might think, oh, well, I'm going to go and have an incident now. Yes. Or you might have already... That might have been the last straw for you. Right. The skills come into play when that happens... Because it's about deciding not to do that and how to make the situation better.
0: And you mentioned there about pros and cons?
1: Yeah, so pros and cons is something I like to use quite a lot. A lot of people do it automatically, but I think DBT reinforces that. Mm. So it's about making a list in your head, basically, of pros of doing something and cons of doing that. And there's several different ways to do that. So, for example, here, oh, I don't want to have an incident because I don't want to lose my levels or my leave, because that will happen. Or... I want to keep eating because I will get to go on my walks or progress forward or go on home leave. I
0: see. And um, what you're kind of saying is before you had this kind of therapy and maybe a little while back, you maybe wouldn't have had them thoughts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't have gone
0: straight to the negative action or whatever you want to call it.
1: Exactly. And I suppose that's what happens if you don't receive the right care or you're not on the right treatment plan, because it needs to be so specific to your needs that nothing else really works for it apart from that.
0: So you're you're saying that perhaps this time you're hoping it might be the last time? Absolutely.
1: I I know it's going to be the last time. I've worked very hard in this admission. I mean, I came here on a three to one constant, which means that you're supervised by three people 24 hours a day. And I was on arm's length as well. So they had to stand all three of them within arm's length of you.
0: Do you mind me asking why that was? Or why so
1: it was because of my independent risk at the time. Right. So it could have been to do stuff to do with DSH, so deliberate self-harm, okay. SI stuff, so suicidal kind of tendencies and all of that stuff.
0: So in order to like keep you safe, you needed three staff at all times?
1: Yes, within an arm's length of me. So that's really not very good. And all I've right. come here now, I've got my first Section 17 leave. Two months after coming here after being seven months in the key unit on that high of a constant yeah. and now i have all my leave unescorted yeah. i can go out whenever i want <laughs> and it's it i have improved significantly since i've come here
0: yeah um so changing subjects slightly yeah so have you ever found because obviously the reason for the podcast yeah i'm trying to show people what it's like in a psychiatric hospital yeah some of my friends and people that aren't used to it are really uh, strange ideas of what happens
1: in a hospital. Yes, I think people um, still think that mental hospitals are asylums. Yes, straight yeah. jackets, white yep. padded walls. Yeah. it's very, very outdated, and it's totally not what it is. But
0: where, where do you think that comes from? Why do you think people have that image?
1: I suppose there is a certain bridge between the community and inpatient, okay. where there is a lot of like withheld knowledge. Mm-hmm. People know that they have bedrooms and stuff like that, but some people's knowledge doesn't go past the asylums from 40 years ago. Yes,
0: I guess it's like movies and things and even uh, video games and that.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of negative connotations behind inpatient treatment and psychiatric hospitals in general that cause this stigma to be pulled around that it's very... Restrictive and so so tightly implemented that people don't have any freedom or free will, basically. But it's totally not like that.
0: You're right. I think because some of my friends would, when I say I've taken a patient to town, and they say what they're allowed out.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: of course. You know, but I think like you're right. People have this image in their head. Have you ever had to? Deal with any of that, like stigma from people. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: Or? I mean, even when I've been out on community leave and stuff like that, yeah. there are comments that are said because sometimes the staff walk around with their belts on, which carry their keys cool. or their IDs or their St. Andrew's uniform, yeah. and that kind of gives stares, looks, comments. Sometimes staff have got better at kind of covering that, mm. but I mean, it doesn't it, stop what happens.
0: It, you're right, but it's a bit sad that pe- people. Um, it is still judge people for being from a hospital.
1: Exactly, because, I mean, if you were looking at general hospital, if someone was in general hospital getting treatment, they wouldn't get the same treatment as someone in psychiatric (laughs) hospital. Whereas everyone has mental health, Mm -hmm. whether it is good or bad. Mental health is not just something negative.
0: Yeah. But have you found... um, Do you get any negative comments or anything, you know, online?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I used to have, like, posts quite a lot. I'd never post about my mental health because I didn't want kind of that leaf to be taken out of my book when I wasn't better. I don't really want to post about recovery because I am in recovery. After I'm recovered, fair enough, Mm -hmm. but not now. And because I used to use social media when I was unwell, I got a lot of, not hate, but people were misusing my content. Right. So I completely came off it. Yeah. And I said I didn't want to be involved in this until I was at a place where I knew I could use social media properly.
0: I understand.
1: But it's about trying to fight the stigma basically yeah, yeah and as well as that and get rid of all the negative connotations of mental health issues online which take a while it would take a long time but I mean the first step is actually taking that action
0: yeah and uh you you I mentioned in the ward that you're quite a, an advocate or you do do public speaking about yeah I do
1: I do quite a lot so I'm like the representative for our division right so I speak on behalf of all of the women's services okay, in St right. Andrews yeah and I basically bring up things that people can't say. So people that are in those early stages of recovery where they cannot even go out and leave or they're on the tube and they're stuck indoors, they can't share their points because they're not in a position where they can. But I'm in that position. So I'd rather do what I can to help myself and the other patients that can't speak.
0: And so uh, going back to originally, sorry, when you said you were admitted, you had all these kind of negative thoughts in your head. Yeah. Do you know what they were around or what was your kind of...
1: Yeah, so I struggled mainly with... Because my eating disorder was bad, yeah. obviously when you don't eat very well, your brain doesn't think very well. Yeah, and so it was kind of one thing after another and then it was kind of people's behaviours in hospital that made me even worse.
0: Can you, can you go a bit further into that? So you're saying other people's behaviour kind of made you worse.
1: Absolutely, because there was no real stability on an acute ward oh. Oh. there are new patients every other day yeah. and some of their behaviors can range from like self-harm to suicide attempts to not eating psychosis. to overeating psychosis there's been violence towards patients staff so yeah it yeah. is quite a hectic environment to be around
0: wow. and did you ever so when you have these urges do you like kind of thoughts do you have or are they more yeah
1: more? i mean before i would have really struggled because at the moment I did have a blip a couple of months ago yeah. but in my other ward I, the highest I made it without any instance was 10 days and that was the most I've gone since I was 12 so it was a massive deal yeah. and now I'm what 57 days since my last incident and it just feels normal yeah. so how did you
0: like feel because it must have been a little bit strange going out on your own
1: Absolutely. I mean, at first, leave was terrifying. Yeah. It was absolutely terrifying.
0: Can you talk about that? Why do you think it was terrifying?
1: I mean, it was the first time that I'd been out, even with a member of staff, since I went into hospital. Because I was on such high observations that leave was never even... I never even thought about it until I got here.
0: So something just as simple as, like, going for all... Like, we've just done now. Yeah. You couldn't envisage that?
1: No, not at all. Not at all.
0: Why do you think it was just too... It was too much,
1: yeah. I mean, I never expected to get this far. Right. So for me, it was a massive success, but it was also a very terrifying kind of leap of independence.
0: And what do you think might have happened in the past if you had gone out?
1: Definitely there would have been risk incidents, absolutely. Uh, In the past, I struggled with absconscience, so running away from hospital or running away when you were detained in hospital.
0: Yeah. So it seems like you've come like a really long way.
1: Yeah, I've come very far, even though I've only been here nine months, um, they're already starting to look for next steps.
0: And what do you think your next step might be? What's your...?
1: Definitely getting into supportive accommodation, starting to go out to college, getting my education up.
0: Is there anything you think you want to do?
1: Yes. So I want to do my access to nursing so I can get into paediatric psychiatry. Wow. Something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid.
0: Yeah. And I guess... Without you know being around the bush, you've lived it right, so you have had experience of
1: exactly. But as well as that, I don't want to make my experience be the only thing that I am teaching people with. I want them to know that I understand them, Mm. but as well as this, I have the extra knowledge and I've put in the work to get this far. Yeah, Yeah. so then maybe my experience that I've had for myself can help other people.
0: I think that's a really kind of nice thing, and like you'll get a positive out of all the. Exactly. experience that you've had um but again I don't want to make it seem like everything is wonderful and sunshine and rainbows yeah there's there is negative you know exactly I mean
1: there are a lot of negatives and there's a lot of things that go wrong everything goes wrong sometimes it's just life but I think the positives outweigh the negatives because you know what you're going to be around hospital you're going to be around unwell people and you are unwell yourself the environment can exacerbate that Mm. but it's down to you to make sure that you're doing this for yourself because at the end of the day you're here for you you will leave with you
0: so your your plan hopefully is to get discharged maybe go to a step-down facility first absolutely and then after that perhaps maybe independently living, or
1: Yeah, so I wanted to straight away jump to independent living, but right. I suppose I've got to remember that I've got to walk before I run. Yeah. I don't want to be put in a situation where I have to end up back in hospital.
0: Yes. So uh, I think a few other patients have mentioned that although they... I don't know how to say it correctly, but they could probably get out sooner. Yeah. But it would be a bit more of a dramatic step
1: exactly and i think they'd rather
0: make it a bit longer but it's the last one
1: exactly because um it's not about who can get out the quickest it's finishing your treatment course making sure you're at a point where you can keep yourself safe but also keep yourself safe from others because we sometimes get quite a lot of vulnerable adults come in and there are so many different complexities so you need to make sure you're safe around yourself you're eating your nutrition's good and you can manage your own medication you can spend extended periods of time at home by yourself
0: think it must be really difficult for you because obviously you've got to look after your physical health and the mental health like exactly
1: both. it is it can be quite overwhelming sometimes yeah. but when you're at the point where you're not struggling as much with your intake and you're not struggling with incidents that's when life just becomes a little bit easier and you get to the point where I am, where you're able to go out unescorted when you want to, really, yeah. um, you have a structured day that doesn't involve staying on the ward all day, as well as slowly grasping that independence back. Yeah.
0: So, I was going to ask you a bit about your extracurricular stuff, so maybe not the therapy or the medication. What's the other stuff that you like doing, like art or yeah, music? Yeah, so
1: before I came into hospital, I was a fine arts student. Oh, wow, okay. And I used to study music and art and English, literature. I, I love books. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had kind of like an array of different things that I'd do all the time. I was really into sports when I was younger, um, I was involved in like district athletic competitions and even in hospital as well I've been involved in art competitions like the Costler Awards. Yeah,
0: and do you find that the art helps?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean I've been in places before where they've done art therapy which kind of helped
0: hmm. but
1: I like it being my own thing that I do rather than a structured thing that's being created by a hospital.
0: Right, and can you talk a little bit about that, so just the process of you doing your art yeah and kind it of helps you mentally
1: absolutely I mean it's one of the most relaxing things I can really do that's not reading or playing piano right. and as well as that you're getting something out of it because I mean I look back on my art from other places and it kind of shows me where I was mentally and where I am now so that comparative does really help me
0: that's amazing that's really interesting so you're saying you can look at the pictures in the art that you've done previously and recognise that you perhaps weren't doing so well mentally.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I find it's a really good tool to look back on.
0: And you said you like reading?
1: Yeah, I love reading. What
0: do you read around or about? Uh,
1: I read literally everything. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even narrow it down. So but... not even because
0: some people would specifically look at mental health stuff, like books, you know? And...
1: Oh, yeah. No, I like to keep mental health and my hobbies quite separated. So I'll read some, like awareness stuff or I read DBT stuff and stuff like that but that's not my hobby that's almost my, like
0: work it's like, <laughs> so that's I, work and the yeah. rest of my
1: books is like play <laughs> yeah
0: so you kind of go completely opposite to what that
1: yep because sometimes I've had enough of mental health yeah I mean, I'm around it 24-7 I've got it I've yeah. got bad mental health myself so sometimes I just need to kind of break from that
0: I understand yeah but you're right so I'm making our way back because it's just starting to rain yes <laughs> don't want to ruin my hair <laughs> but, uh, Oh, thank you very much for talking with me. No problem, you thank so, you. So, so well, and I really hope all your um, stuff works out, particularly about getting out, and particularly maybe about being a nurse, maybe one day.
1: Exactly. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And you must be getting super fit doing these walks. Exactly. Do so you go out once or twice a day?
1: No, three times a day. Oh, no, goodness. five or six actually, including my gate leaves. Wow. But I'm out for two 30 minute walks a day and then I've got community and then I've got gate leave.
0: Yeah. And I suppose that we should have mentioned that, but that helps you think. Absolutely. Having the leave. It does it, it does, it does really, start, really help. Out and... You said you got something at
1: four o'clock? Yeah, going out again.
0: that <laughs> for another walk round
1: or? Uh, yeah, another walk around. Oh, wow.
0: Okay, we're back. Do we have to turn on that we're back for. It? Yeah, I've got an myself. Right. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for all thank your chat. You. It was brilliant. Thank I love it. <laughs>